Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When you were created, there was a God-shaped vacuum in your spirit. I can't say it any other way than that. And this vacuum brings fulfillment. And the only person that can fill it is God. You can put everything else in the world in there. You can put everything, no matter how many good things, education, money, vacations, travel, love all those things. It will never fill that God-shaped vacuum. So without this, there is an emptiness in every single person because they don't relate to their Creator. What is the one thing or one person that will fill the greatest need in your life? Today, Pastor Mark will teach listeners that God is the only one who can fill the void in every person's life. Many people will spend years or even their entire life searching for purpose and meaning. Even after countless times where they're left dissatisfied, they continue to ignore the calling of God on their life. The last thing you want to do is waste years searching for something that only God can provide. Have you been counting on other things today to bring the satisfaction only brought through Christ? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians as he begins part five in his series entitled Unlimited Opportunities. Mark 16, 15. These are our marching orders. If you're a Christ follower, this is for you. And he said to them, go into all the, what? World. We just talked about that. And preach the good news to all creation or to every person. Notice the key. The church doesn't share the gospel. People share the gospel. The church is just, this is a building where we're at. We as followers share the gospel. The truth is that God never designed the church, the newspaper, the TV, the Super Bowl ads, the radio, even the internet to directly reach lost people. Now, we use all those things, but what is the main way we reach people? Here it is. Write it down. God designed people to reach people, hello, with their mouths. Your job, whatever it is, it's what you do. It's not who you are. Who we are is a follower of Jesus Christ. And what does that look like? So, yeah, we can get upset about the ad and everything, but really it should come from our mouth. 2,000 years ago, Jesus left this earth, and he left 12 Christ followers, disciples. They joined some others. In the upper room were 120 people total. Well, these people, 120, didn't have any technology. They didn't have any church buildings. 
But they did have the power of the Holy Spirit, and they did use their mouth to share the gospel. I want you to see what happened within 30 years, how it spread in their world. Notice we read in Acts 17, 6. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other brothers to the rulers of the city, crying, these who have turned the world upside down, the Christ followers, have come here too. In that day, because of the power of the Holy Spirit and mouths that were dedicated to speak the truth from God, their world was turned upside down with no technology, no churches, nothing but people reaching people. How have we gone so far wrong? We love all the technology. I love to use all of the stuff, the Roku units and all those things. I, I, it's terrific. But you need to be reminded of a truth today, and we're going to practice this a few times, so just get ready. Let's see if you can find your mouth this morning in any of our campuses. Could you point to your mouth? Any of you? You know where your mouth is? Good job. You'll know where it is in an hour or so. You'll be stuffing it full. Now, I want you to keep your finger right there, and I want you to say this. People reach people with their mouths. People reach people with their mouth. Now, turn to your neighbor, look at their mouth, and say the same thing, would you, right now? Just all our campuses? So let, let's try it again. Put your finger up. Come on, come put your finger up. People reach people with what? Their mouths. Their mouths. That's the way it has always been designed to work, that we speak that. By the way, let me ask you a question. Any people in the room? We're all people. So what does that really mean? Next thing I want you to write down on our four campuses is this. Every Christ follower will share the good news verbally with our mouths. Now, there's nothing wrong with living the Christian life. You say, Pastor Mark, I'm not going to, I'm not too much with my mouth deal. I'm just going to be an example. I'm never going to open my mouth. I'm just going to, they're going to have to guess what I am. They're going to look and see, I live different. So, no, there's nothing wrong with you living the example. Absolutely. But guys, it has to be our mouths. We have to open our mouth and share the gospel. Spurgeon, one of the great pastors back in the 1800s, said this. What is the gospel? Jesus Christ died for me. That's pretty complicated, isn't it? Think you could work on that one for a while? And then he'd say to somebody else, and he died for you too. That's it. That's it. We need to understand what's happening in our world and how many people there are. People need to hear the truth about God. Do you know how many people in your neighborhood are clueless about John 3.16? They don't know what it means either. So what do we know about God's heart? Well, we know this, that he loves the lost. Every single one. Lost people matter to God. And they have to matter to us. That's why we're here today. Now, what do we know about people who don't have a relationship with God? What are some things we know about people that don't have a relationship with God? Let me share you some truth. Billy Graham in 1983 gives us four universal principles. The same, no matter what country he went, no matter the age of the person, and it's never changed since the beginning of time until right now. 
these four principles. So I want you on all of our campuses, if we're going to learn how to minister to people, we need to understand what's going on in people's lives that don't know Jesus Christ. So get you a pen, a pencil, write this down. Even if you never write a note down, write this down. Or say to your spouse or your friend, I don't ever take notes. I'm stupid. I just would never take notes. I know everything by memory. Stupid. So write it down. And I mean that kindly. Write it down. What am I asking you to write down? Every unbeliever is empty. By the way, this should go in your Bible. It's in my Bible. Empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death. Every unbeliever, Billy Graham says, never changed. You're here and you're not a believer today. That's you. Now, you may not admit it. You may not be able to put it in words in any of our campuses, but that's you. So if I can understand that, that means there'll be a time when that's going to express itself and I can open my mouth and share truth. Well, let's start with the first one, empty. When you were created, there was a God-shaped vacuum in your spirit. I can't say it any other way than that. And this vacuum brings fulfillment. And the only person that can fill it is God. You can put everything else in the world in there. You can put everything, no matter how many good things, education, money, vacations, travel, love all those things, it will never fill that God-shaped vacuum. So without this, there is an emptiness in every single person because they don't relate to their creator. Solomon, the wisest man in all the world, in Ecclesiastes said this, everything is meaningless, completely meaningless. Now, what do you mean by that? By the way, when you get to the end of your life, that's it. We don't take anything with us. All that stuff, nothing. Empty. Solomon tried everything. 900 wives. Now, that's stupid. (laughs) Sorry. Got distracted there. Anything he could buy, he could buy. He had had all the money in the world. He built homes. He traveled. He did everything his heart desired. At the end, everything is meaningless. Because it could not bring purpose in his life. Please write this down. Life without God is unfulfilling, worthless, empty, zero, and futile. That can't bring satisfaction. Next, every person without God is lonely. People can be in a crowd, and they can be there, but down inside, while they're yelling, they're lonely. You see, God created you to be in relationship with him. Until that happens, you're lonely. And when that does happen, then we love God, and then we can reach out and love people. Without that relationship, we're lonely. Third, every unbeliever is guilty. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, the reason every person feels guilty is that God has given them, you and me, a conscience. Now, for the Christ follower, we don't live with guilt because we have forgiveness. When we sin, 
Guilt is short-lived. When the conscience goes, whoa, you shouldn't have done that, shouldn't have watched that, shouldn't have said that, boop, we ask forgiveness, 1 John 1, 9. And the guilt is gone. But see, the unbeliever has no way to get rid of their sin and has no way to get rid of their guilt. So they remain with a cloud over them. They're guilty. Last, afraid of death. Now, don't kid yourself. There is a universal fear of death. God has put eternity in the heart of every man and woman. So when you understand that, you know that you will die one day and you will live somewhere. But the question is, where? Every human being that's created, number one, every person wants to be loved, find purpose in their life, and be happy. Every person. That's the only one I want you to write down. Every person wants to be loved, find purpose in their life, and be happy. You want to be loved. I want to be loved. I want to find purpose in my life. See, without purpose, and the purpose has to be way bigger than you. It has to use your life to outlive you. If you don't have that, there's no fulfillment. Is there any reason when Rick Warren wrote his book, Purpose Driven Life, it sold hundreds of millions of copies? Why? People looking for purpose. Only purpose you have that really means anything is coming to God because he has a plan for your life. And number three, you want to be happy. I mean, you know you, know you want to be happy. I want to be happy. Next, life without God. Let's put that back up. That means if I don't have those three things, what am I left with? Life without God is what? Unfulfilling, worthless, empty, zero, futile. If I don't have those three things, if I'm not loved by God, if I don't have a purpose from God in my life, I can't be happy. And then I'm, well, life is it's just going around, doing nothing. It's bubbles. But here's the key. Bottom line then, every unbeliever is empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death. What a way to exist. What a way to live. Turn with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 19, all our campuses, Luke chapter 19, and go down, if you will, quickly to verse 10. This is the key, because we're to be like Jesus, we're to follow like Jesus. This is the key as to what we're doing. Here it is. Verse 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. This is the mission of Jesus in one verse. If I'm going to be like Jesus, I'm going to be that exact person. I'm going to seek, which means go out, look for, strive after. People are looking for purpose and meaning. Let me put the mission on the overhead. You can see it. You may have time to write it. You may not because I'm moving quickly. But notice what the mission of the church is. This is a true for every church from the beginning of the book of Acts onward. Jesus came to seek out sinners, share the good news, and transform their lives forever, for eternity. That's what you and I are to do. We're to seek out people who don't know God. We're to open our mouths and share the good news. And then we're to transform their lives as God comes into their life. Our goal is to present Christ to them, make him known, so Christ can forgive them, restore them, and rescue them from their sins. You say, people reach people with their mouths. Punch your mouth. Here we go. Punch your mouth. 
Say this to your neighbor. People reach people with their mouths. Any people here? I already asked that question. There's a lot more than answered at all our campuses. Are there any people here? Yes. Yeah. So what do you do? I reach people with my mouth. Well, how does that look? What are you talking about, Pastor Mark? Is it, is it really going to happen? Well, I'm here to do one thing. If that was Jesus' mission, notice the next statement you need to write. Every Christ follower is to continue Jesus' mission on the earth. We don't come up with our own deal. We follow what he was doing. That's the way the world was turned upside down in 30 years. The early disciples got it. They would be the hands and the feet and the mouth and the heart of Jesus. They got it. We don't get it. We miss it. So understand today, we're going to follow Jesus in a little example you're right close by. You're in chapter 19. Go right back to verse 1, all of our campuses. Let's watch how it looks as we study it together. Watch the feet of Jesus and watch his mouth because he's on a mission. So let's begin in verse 1. All of our campuses, those of you watching by the internet, Luke 19, verse 1. And Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Jesus met people every day in the normal flow of life. Jesus' feet took him where God wanted him to go. Most people met Jesus on the road. Now, what do we mean in the normal flow of life? Jesus was heading through this town of Jericho. He didn't know what was up ahead. He didn't at that moment that he was going to stop in Jericho. He was just passing through. When we go to the store, when we're at the ball field, when we're at work, we're just, we're just passing through. We're doing life. We're, we're parents. We're, we're dating couple. We're, we're grandparents. We're singles. We're, we're just doing life. We're going to school, trying to get our education. We just pass through. But as we're passing through, we're always meeting people. But we don't think about people. When you go out of this building here in Melbourne and the other campuses today, every set of eyes you look at, if they're not a believer, they're empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death. Now, I can't minister to all of them, but maybe God will direct me to one or two. So Jesus heads through this town. He's just walking. Verse 2. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. He worked for the IRS. And he was wealthy. No kidding. So what is Zacchaeus? Why did the Bible say that about him? Because in our mind, especially in those days, he's got a position and he's got big bucks. He should be what? Happy, fulfilled, loving life. But we mention this because Zacchaeus was rich, but he was unpopular. He was dishonest. He was lonely, unhappy, and empty. He had no purpose. He was a likely candidate for a changed life. A.W. Tozer says this, the average person in the world today without faith, without God, without hope, is engaged in a desperate personal search throughout his lifetime. Verse 3, he wanted to see 
who Jesus was. But being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. Now, why did Zacchaeus want to see Jesus? That's because he'd heard about Jesus. See, Jesus was the talk of the town. If you're empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death, and you hear about somebody that has peace, they have purpose, even though they're going through a valley in their life, there's still joy and there's, and, and there's this love for life. They want to know, how are you doing that? I don't get it. So these believers had been talking in Jericho about what Jesus had done in their life. They were using their... We're going to have a little Sela moment in a moment, so think about that. They were talking about what God had done in their life. And that spread everywhere. And so because it spread, they were making Christ known, which is what we're supposed to do. Christ was known. Do you really think that Christ, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, is known in our community? Not a chance. People have no idea why you come into this building or any of our campuses. Why in the world would you waste your time to come here? They're clueless. They don't know John 3.16. The first time Tim Tebow did the John 3.16 thing at University of Florida, there was like the biggest search on the web. The next morning, the biggest search, number one search on Google was, what is John 3.16? In America! They don't know. Why? Because we haven't been using... (laughs) It's exactly right. So he wants to see Jesus. But there's a problem. There was a huge crowd, people pushing everywhere, and Zacchaeus was short. Anybody here identify with that? (laughs) So what will he do about it? You need to understand. Remember the spiritual warfare I talked about? Lots of times Satan brings crowds that interfere with our sharing the gospel. You invite somebody to church. Good job. Ten minutes before you go to pick them up, they call you. Have a flat. I can't come to see you. My kid just came down with 103 temperature. Work just called me. I have to go to work. Sound familiar? Now, how does all that thing happen? That's because there's an enemy on the other line saying, keep them out of hearing the gospel. Don't become discouraged. We're in a battle for the lives of men and women. Well, as time goes on, look what happens. He's not going to let the crowd get in his way. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way. Now here's Zacchaeus, a $2,000 suit. He's the man of the town. He did something totally out of character for this influential rich man. He became like a little boy. And he ran down the street and he climbed up a tree in his $2,000 suit. Christ followers become like Jesus, then begin to think like Jesus, then begin to minister like Jesus. Today we learn from Pastor Mark how to develop the character, mind, and works of Christ. We must look to Jesus to be our teacher. He was reaching out to people daily, not only by his actions, but with his mouth. In the same way, we are called to spread the good news with our mouths. How have you been sharing the gospel? 
You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church, and today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. What does a person experience outside of the saving knowledge of Christ? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will show listeners how every unbeliever is empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death. Jesus came to change the condition of all believers. He sought out sinners, shared the good news, and transformed their lives for eternity. We as Christ followers are to continue Jesus' mission on this earth. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the book of Ephesians. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurry.